Welcome to another episode of the Unqualified Huddle with Sham, Simon, and yours truly, Sham. How are we feeling, boys? Week three in the books after today? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, my team got a win again, the, the Saints. So, you know, I'm happy about that. Uh, wasn't pretty, but we did it. So, you know, it's all good. And there were some spectacular games again this week in the NFL. It's, it's so unpredictable, isn't it? Week to week, what's going on? I think week three really lived up to the hype. Um, I'm really disappointed I've lost this brother battle. The Jags losing to the Cardinals. But it was a good week. Really enjoyed the late games as well. So if you're new to the unqualified huddle, we're just going to give you our thoughts each on our takeaways from the week and then we'll give you our qualified players of the week. So I'll get started, guys. Uh, Justin Fields. He made his long-awaited debut in the NFL and it was a bit of a letdown. A, just a bit. A bit. Of, a bit of a letdown. It was a massive letdown. <laughs> I know he was playing a top Browns team, but Christ, he got one... Wasn't it like a statistic that he got one net yard after all the sacks that he got? Nine sacks he took for one yard in a whole game. That's unheard of in the modern NFL. Probably yeah. unheard of in the history of the NFL. So he threw for 68 yards. So he, he took minus 67 yards on nine sacks. That's, that's terrible. That's just insane. That is actually just insane in, in this NFL. And what, what gets me as well, isn't he like a bit of a speedy running back? Isn't he got a bit of ability? Like, I'm not being funny. Normally mobile quarterbacks don't take as many sacks, right? They're able to get out of sacks a bit more. So what the hell happened? He's not an agile. He's not an agile quarterback, though. He's a long striding quarterback. He's a big guy. I think this is on Maggie, uh, Matt Nagy. He's meant to be an offensive guru. Coming from Kansas City, he should be calling easy passes on Justin Fields' first game when you know you're playing a front as powerful as the Cleveland Browns. So I, I agree, but I think there's two sides to this. Andy Dalton, when he was in. Whatever you think of him, he was getting rid of the ball fast. Justin Fields taking nine sacks. Yes, the play call might not have been right, but you would like to see, you know, just a few quick throws. Get yourself in a rhythm. He completed six of 20, at a 30% completion rate. And he has to take some responsibility for that as well. And, or maybe, maybe he's not just uh, ready for the NFL to start, uh, as we all thought he might have been. Well, yeah, it looks that way. Obviously, in pre-season, um, he looked like he'd be quite exciting, but I, I think there's like a number of issues with this. I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't look ready, like so he held the ball, but he was playing a tough Browns team. That um, this like the defensive front from the Browns are actually quite ferocious, as, as you've seen, nine sacks. Um, you know, it's it was a tough game for him to have to come in and start, and I think it was a little bit too early. Like we said, um, they were trying to wean him in, essentially. And I think he came in a bit too early, just due to Dalton's injury. He's the quarterback probably actually in the worst situation for the top five rookie quarterbacks. This is a lame duck coaching staff, you feel, that won't be making it into next season. And they're, they're having to win now. They also had Khalil Mack take a knock in that game. It's just not falling right for the Bears fans and it's not been right for them for a long period of time now. One one team that I want to just uh, pick up on, if that's okay, is this uh, this Kansas City Chiefs team. 
Um, we've come into the season and we we were all thinking, you know, this chief team's going to the Super Bowl. They're going to be a superpower again in the AFC. Uh, are we worried at this point that they're the one and two? I know they've played some difficult teams in recent weeks, uh, the Ravens and, and the Chargers and lost by a small margin. But, you know, especially against Chargers yesterday, the first half of the game, the Chiefs did not look good. Didn't uh, Mahomes threw like three interceptions in the first half of the game? That's unheard of, really, in NFL nowadays. But like, are we are we getting a bit worried about this team or not? I think if you take away uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's fumble late against Baltimore, this team coming into the Chargers matchup 2-0, and yes, if they took a loss there, which they did, you still wouldn't think much of it. I think just because they lost that one in how they did it against Baltimore, I suppose they've let themselves open to criticism. Yeah, I mean, I was slightly worried about the Chiefs going into the game. They've just not looked right. They don't seem to have added any new wrinkles from their offense in the last two years. And I had this game going down to a field goal in my predictions and with the Chiefs winning. If I remember correctly, Simon, you had the Chiefs winning this with ease. I don't think you predicted the Chargers to be in this one. But I think Justin Herbert should be the big takeaway from this game. He is shining. He's the future star alongside Mahomes in the He's NFL. He's already a star, to be fair. Yeah, but I, I think him and Mahomes could be the face of the NFL. In the, in the years to come. This could be a, an amazing divisional battle. But can we just take a moment to look at the AFC West standings right now? Who would have thought at the top, you've got the Raiders and the Broncos at 3-0, and then the Chargers at 2-1, and and the Chiefs were the only team with a losing record so far through three weeks at 1-2. and So can I just come back to something? Don't besperse my name by saying that I thought this was going to be a blowout game. Not at all. I actually didn't think this would be a blowout. I, I do not agree with this. You're trying to take my opinion of football here, make people think that I do not know what I'm talking about. Um, but it is, you know, this Chargers team is looking quite feisty going forward. Mike Williams um, has looked outstanding in his role in this uh, Chargers F- offense so far this year. He, he really is one on the rise, um, which is surprising because he, he's always been a good receiver. I think they just know how to utilize him more. And with Herbert throwing in the ball, I think he's, he's, he's getting more looks. We've been hearing for years, like three years running now, this is going to be the Mike Williams breakout year. This is going to be the Mike Williams breakout year. And it seems like he is actually breaking out for real. It is, it's been used as a proper receiver, not just a deep ball, jump ball, end zone guy. He's being asked to run more routes and he's shown that that faith is well-deserved. Do you think this is a changing of the guard, though, in the division between Justin Herbert and... The Chiefs and where their team stand. Brandon Staley's made a great impression. I don't think it's a change in the cards at all. I mean, especially with the Chiefs, although I was talking about, oh, do we think this is going to be end? I mean, we can't take away from the fact that during this game, Andy Reid has had some health problems and was taken away in the ambulance. So, you know, although there are some concerns about this Chiefs team currently, I still think they, the AFC West goes through the Chiefs in, in this division because, I, you know, I reckon come the end of the year, they're going to get hot. Yeah, uh, I, I think the AFC goes through the Kansas City Chiefs. Let, let's not forget, Patrick Mahomes had the ball in his hands in the final few seconds of the game. Usually, if you have to bet one way or the other, you're picking Mahomes to, to get it done. No doubt. So I, the game I was interested in and the takeaway I had is Matt Stafford looks like a true MVP front runner at this stage. Him and Derek Carr right now. The Stafford was an absolute star the Rams couldn't do anything wrong against the Buccaneers. 
the Buccaneers looked like if they were just finding themselves, where the Rams seemed like they're in top gear. Their defense was causing havoc. They didn't allow Brady loads of time. They couldn't really get a run game going against the Rams, the Bucks. And I thought Stafford, he seemed so comfortable in this offense. There's the, the adaptation period seems so short or non-existent. So now I can throw you under the bus, Sham, with your football knowledge. As during our picks, um, I was the only one to pick this team to actually go out and beat the Bucks, uh, and it's it's because of that Matt Stafford um, quarterback play that I thought that this Rams team were going to have a good shout. He he looks like a different quarterback than he did in um, Detroit. Like we all know that he can make these throws that he's making. We all know he's spectacular. But I just think with this uh, Sean McVay offense, it's it's taken it on another level. And, you know, like you say, this defense, um, who knew what they were going to be once Daly left and went to the Chargers? Who knew what, if they were going to be able to um, keep up the same uh, standards of what they have done? And I think they have. Um, their defensive line is like quite ferocious. They've got a good defensive front. Um, I, I think this team now has the potential to go to the Super Bowl. I did already, but I, I think even more so now, they're, they're making their stamp to say, we are going to the Super Bowl. That could have easily been a preview of the NFC Championship game, and Brady might even have a chance to come back come January to try and top of the Rams. Uh, for me, yes, Matt Stafford is amazing, Sean McVay is amazing, but let's not forget that team in general, is amazing. The books are as well, but when you have Aaron Donald, there's nothing close to it. Obviously, if they avoid injuries, they will be knocking on the door. And that's why, as as good as their division is, I think they're a cut above. Is there anyone who you think catches the Rams in that NFC? Because I don't see it right now. I don't see any complete team like them. Well, I think, I, I think the books was the, the clo- were the closest, but obviously, this time, the Rams had their number. Well, talking about um, the NFC West, let, can we talk about the Seahawks for a minute? Because uh, after the last two weeks of games, they played the Titans last week and uh, basically fell apart in the second half of that game. Um, and the same thing happened this week against a, an inferior opponent in the Vikings. Um, I didn't see the game, I, I won't lie. I, I saw the first half and saw it was pretty even going into the half. But what what is going on with this Seahawks team? There was the whole, you know, the start of the season was let let Russ cook, let him play, and you know he's shown for the first half of games he is like commanding the team. He is going forward. He's he's scoring points on offense. Why did they keep falling apart in the second half of games? Like what is going on? I think they play to the way that Pete Carroll wants them to play, but I don't think they have the personnel to match how Pete Carroll wants to play. That is defense first and uh, play action after. Russell Wilson was completing a lot of his passes. He was not the issue. But the defense of the Seahawks can't even stop a nosebleed. They are getting run down by every single team they're playing. So be it Vikings offense is looking good. But this is not what you expect from the Seahawks team. I think they could now potentially be the worst team in that division all of a sudden. And I'm reevaluating everything I thought about that division in the start of the season. Are you thinking it's a two or three horse race in the NFC West now? I'm thinking it's a three horse race, but the Seahawks aren't one of them. At this rate, they need to just try and think about being able to stop an any well an average to good offense, and just try and make the playoffs. And forget about this division. I don't see them winning the uh, NFC West at all. Well, 
I want to talk about the Vikings a bit because this team could very well be 3-0 right now. If they don't miss a late field goal to Arizona, they see through Joe Burrow and the Bengals, which they only lost by three points. Suddenly, the narrative is completely changed around. Uh, I I completely agree with like sort of the assessment. I, this this team could be three and zero right now, um, and I actually think they they have the the offense at least to be three and zero. Like on offense, they they've got really good receivers, uh, a quarterback who I always have said is underrated, um, and or I always do have faith in, and the defense that is it's on the rise. They've got they've got some pieces in place, so you know they they are dangerous. I think they're just a bit. They're a bit unlucky with some of the teams that they've come up against so far. Um, obviously, like Arizona is um, playing extremely well to start the season, and you know I think they've just been a bit unfortunate in the first two games. But going forward, this potentially has the makings of a wild card team, if not even challenging the the Green Bay for the um, NFC North. So let me quickly touch upon Arizona and Jacksonville. Finished thirty one nineteen. To the Cardinals, and you might think that seems like a blowout, comfortable win. That game was so entertaining; it was end to end. So many splash plays, big moments happening. The Cards were limited to one third down conversion in nine tries, and averaged around three yards a carry. Yet they still won. It was a phenomenal game to watch for a neutral fan. You had special teams play, NFL record 109 yard touchdown return by Jamal Agnew for the Jags. You had pick sixes by the Cards defense on a flea flicker, flicker attempt. You had Kyler throwing picks. You had Kyler running bootlegs where no one was near him. It was it was a great game for the neutral, but one that I felt the misery of for the next twelve hours at least after that loss. So as now I'm still feeling that hit pain. Having uh, Lawrence now throwing multiple picks in each of his first three starts. Yep, him, Zach Wilson. Peyton Manning, Blake Bortles. There's a list of them now. This rookie class has had it tough. Really tough. Blake I don't think Bortles. there's a single... Yeah, he, um, yeah, he had a bad rookie year in terms of picks. I, Just I, a bad I, rookie year. I, I noticed a smooth transition away from Trevor Lawrence as soon as you called that out, Simon. Smooth. I, I did too. I saw a literally deflector shields up at maximum there. He wasn't... He's having good moments, but he's having very big rookie moments as well. He's still making a lot of splash plays. Uh, that touchdown to GJ Chark in the corner of the end zone was a phenomenal pass. But uh, the cards, to be honest, they were shooting themselves in the foot often. They should have been more, much more comfortable with this uh, game, and they made it tougher for themselves. In the <laughs> end, as Shan was saying to me during the game, the good teams know how to win, the bad teams know how to lose. Yeah, th- this is the Arizona who we've, we've come to get used to. Obviously, they probably have more firepower than, than historically they have had. They played Minnesota close. They played Jacksonville. The scoreline doesn't show it, but for two, three quarters, it was still in the balance. But really, the offense, you know, they'll see these teams out. It's when it comes to the Rams who, who they've got next week, you wonder, are they going to fall flat because the Rams are an all-round team and they don't give too many chances. That's going to be an exciting matchup for next week. Um, two three and O teams battling it out to stay undefeated. That's very exciting. That's uh, something to look forward to. What's what's your last takeaway before we move on to our qualified players of the week? Um, this this Pittsburgh team um, who lost to the Cincinnati team. 
At the start of the season, I did not rate Cincinnati. I don't rate Zach Taylor. I don't rate the, the team itself. I don't think they can protect anyone. But then they, they went and played the Steelers team. And in in effect, they, they battered them. Um, it's not a close scoreline. And I don't think the game looked close. Um, I think Cincinnati were the superior team on the day. And that's surprising to me. As you know, coming into the season, I'm pretty sure everyone was very comfortable with the idea of Pittsburgh being a, a playoff team. But now we're three games in, and I actually think they look like they are going to, to be in a top 10 draft pick like situation. And I think it comes down to Big Ben. Um, with his offense, I think he, he makes it a bit stale with like his lack of mobility and stuff in the pocket and also just his inability to find his receivers. What's your guys' thoughts? Well, they can't, their offensive line is not performing well. They've rebuilt that line. And when you've got a bad O-line, you need a mobile quarterback. And in that sense, he's not mobile. So you're asking for trouble. But then Matt Canada's the new coordinator there and he's not doing a great job either. He's not. You can see there's seemingly underlying tension between him and Big Ben, um, which is not a surprise if you've seen Big Ben with new offensive coordinators. But I think that this Steelers team is not going to go far this year. And you're right, top 10 picks looks very, very, very likely. I'm surprised they won in week one against the Buffalo Bills for that matter. Their quarterback seems to be the progress stopper as well, so I'm sure they would welcome a top ten pick. Jamar Chase for rookie of the year. Considering at the start of the year there is concerns that he couldn't even catch a football, he is looking like a great pickup by the Bengals actually to pay yeah. Joe Burrows. No, no discredit towards Jamar Chase. T Higgins wasn't in the game, and it, even when Higgins and Chase have been playing, Higgins has been holding his own, own end of the bargain, which people thought Jamal Chase was going to be the de facto number one. And it just turns out that Joe Burrow has a plethora of weapons. The, quite honestly, this Bengals team looks a bit better than it did three weeks ago. Um, like I say, the receivers look better. Uh, defensively, they're, they're starting to look a little bit uh, better as well. I think um, they've got some pieces. It's just unfortunate their offensive line is still... Um, terrible. Okay. Well, as we move towards the end of our show, it's time for our qualified players of the week. So, Sham, do you want to kick us off? It's got to be Justin Tucker, the Baltimore Ravens kicker. 66-yard game on the line in Detroit. A place where he scored his first 60-yard-plus field goal to win it. He does it again. Breaks the NFL record. In off the post. It doinks. You think it's going to bounce out, but it bounces in. And Detroit are sneakily a better team than I ever thought they would be. But Justin Tucker, probably the greatest kicker of all time now. The GOAT. Arguments for me. Hashtag Dan Campbell, coach of the year. Uh, for me, my, my qualified player of the week um, is the guy who I said will be the defensive player of the year. Uh, and that's Miles Garrett. Um, four and a half sacks for Cleveland against Chicago. Um, it's a team record. And he just looks great. Uh, obviously, last year it was murdered by injuries and COVID. But coming into this season, he looks really good. And I think if he continues this way, he will be getting Defensive Player of the Year honours. Well, Miles Garrett has put himself right in the, in the mix for the sack title. Obviously, that Michael Strahan sack record has been dubious for quite a while. Now that we've got 17 games, you think that someone's going to come in and, and take that off him? And it well, doesn't it, look like TJ Watt, that's for sure, because he only got, well, I think um, 
Joe Burrow was only quarterback pressured once in the whole game by the Steelers. So Miles Garrett definitely looks like the front runner with Chandler Jones. So my qualified player of the week, I would have gone Justin Tucker. Great pick. But I'm going to go Kirk Cousins. Uh, the man doesn't get enough credit for, and I think from me included as well, uh, for some of his performances. He can be inconsistent, but this year, the Vikings offense, which we touched on earlier, is lighting things up. His stats were really good. He was 30 of 38 for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. This Vikings team uh, looked to be in every single match they're in, thanks to Kirk Cousins. It's proven yeah, I- his doubt is wrong. Well, I've always been a Kirk Cousins believer um, and I think he's shown it again this year is why he is actually a better quarterback than what people give him credit for. Um, especially with, you know, the whole COVID situation going around. Just keep the man in a plexiglass box though, as we say. Is that just it? Is that it? <laughs> I just can't get my head around Kirk Cousins. I never just feel the love for him. But he, he just is just there. He just performs when you don't want him to perform. For some reason, I don't want him to perform as well as he does. But good for him. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Sham, do you want to take us away? So thank you for listening to the Unqualified Huddle. We are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as all other good podcasting services. And give us a five-star review if you can. Follow us on Twitter at T-U-H underscore podcast and send in your questions there or email us on the unqualified huddle at outlook.com. Join us for the next episode. Peace. Peace.